Welcome to Rainbow Soul, an explorative discussion about spirituality beyond mainstream religions. Hollis Taylor, author, psychic, astrologer, and alchemical mage, brings their non-binary perspective together with fellow drag king and trans man, LaCrosse Ortiz, a Jewish Taino with spiritual background of exploration that has led him to an atheist perspective. Join these guys as they explore deep and difficult topics, all related to spirituality, offering a queer perspective, an exploration of interesting topics, and engaging guests to help explore conversations for the rainbow soul. Welcome. Welcome. Hey. Hello, so everybody. Hey, everyone. <laughs> we are here at Rainbow Soul, and we're so happy you're tuning in, and we're so glad you joined us today. We're going to have a fun show. We are going to go deep and explore special topics. Oh, so yeah. just in case you haven't tuned in before, I'm Hollis Taylor. I'm also known as Izzy Ahi. Drag. That's my drag king name. And I am an author, a witch, uh, I'm into alchemy, and I'm also an astrologer and a psycho. Uh, a psycho. <laughs> Not quite no, that's that That's me. Way. I'm the psycho. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a psychic. Um, I do a lot of psychic readings and things like that. And so you'll, in fact, I'll do a tarot reading towards the end of our show today. And uh, I'm... You know, you can check me out at divineandrogen.com and I bring, I'm totally non-binary, natural trans man. And I love talking about spirituality. I think it's a deep topic and it's very important to all of us, every single one of us, regardless of your identity or anything like that. So, and this is my co-host, LaCrosse. Hi, I'm LaCrosse. I am a Jewish native atheist. Uh, yes, all in one thing. Um, it doesn't mean that being atheist is that I'm not spiritual. I just don't believe that there should be a divine to to be the qualification of being a person who's spiritual. Um, I've done dream inter- interpretation since I was five, a long time ago. Um, yeah, and I just I just feel everyday walk is, is my spirituality. I just try to incorporate something every day into my life. So yeah, that's sums me up. (laughs) Fantastic. And, you know, I just want to review that my background, I was born, I was born and raised Catholic Christian. Uh, I think my mom changed paths of Christianity somewhere around seven or eight years old. Um, And then later on as an adult, I went totally opposite of that uh, and explored in my teenage years, Satanism and things like that. And by the time I became an adult and could make my own choices, I started to choose paganism or witchcraft. And I found that the path really led me down some really special places. I started doing tarot readings and studying astrology. I definitely had a witchy mommy. Um, And she totally guided me in astrology and some other things as well. And I 
just began to study over the years and I'm 45 years old now. So I've spent a, most of my life since I was, you know, about 17 exploring the pagan path and just right. in every regard. And the interesting thing about paganism is that a lot of people um, also, we very much identify or relate to the indigenous perspective because of the elements and the directions and the belief that maybe there might be more than one God um, or that there's different uh, reflections of God in that way. So maybe lacrosse, you can uh, show Tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, Well, I grew up actually Pentecostal which is the very big, large jump from Judaism and to the native way. Uh, when I grew up being, it just didn't sit right with me. It just felt off. And I ended up jumping. I ended up with Mennonites. I ended up in the Amish, hanging around the Amish community. I ended up in so many different walks within the, the religion, trying to find a community that fit. Um, then as I got older, I started thinking, I was always drawn to Judaism, whether it was the mysticism or just the stories I had always been drawn to Judaism. And I, you know, did a little research and found out that there's a good possibility I was Jewish. So I kept doing my research and finally I brought it to a family member and they're like, you're crazy. You're crazy. We're not Jews. And I'm like, we're Jews. Sure enough, that family member ended up going to Puerto Rico And speaking to one of the elders, one of the oldest family members that were alive at the time and told them, look, you know, Lee thinks we're Jews. And they're like, well, how does Lee know? I'm the only one alive that knew. And that was that confirmation. So I ended up delving, studying really hardcore in Judaism. And from then on, I guess I studied so much that I started realizing that God was relevant for my walk. And, but I still love Judaism. I love the traditions. You know, if I could do Shabbat every now and again, I'll do Shabbat. I'll do a high holy day, but it's more the traditions that I like preserving because they're so beautiful. And then the same thing with the native finding, doing my DNA and finding out that I was a 15% native American from the Caribbean and then studying that under um, some great elders, which they were just amazing and taught me so much. And connecting to that part of myself. And the beauty is, is that that's how I ended up just incorporating that into my everyday life. And once again, without the great divine. So it was, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, we've, we definitely have an interesting mix between the two of us. I want to tell you that, uh, that there's a lot of people saying hello in, in yep. the room, Dominic <laughs> and Camden. Hey. I just Thank want to say hello and uh, Brighthawk. Genevieve and Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Brighthawk is <laughs> there that you, that you've been through so many different things. It's, yeah. And, Cause it's a journey. It's amazing. <laughs> well, I think spirituality is a journey. I think mm-hmm. that's what it's meant to be. Yeah. Um, and uh, let's see. Brighthawk here has a question. Fascinating when we go from what attracts us versus learning and then maybe learning too much, having to learn what to keep and what to leave. Yes. And that's definitely happened to me. It sounds like it happened to you too. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it, was, it, was, it was, I think that's the whole thing is, is when I was able to remove in my case, the divine, I could actually appreciate more of the traditions instead of feeling an obligation to them. 
or feeling like, oh, you have like with religions, it's you have to do it this way or that way, you know, or you backslide or you're not a part of the community anymore. And when you can actually remove all that out and just do the traditions because you love them, then it makes them even more beautiful. Yes, definitely. And I, you know, I think uh, there's just, for me, it was when I learned that Christianity kind of copied off the test of pagans, yeah. you know, where they like, where they kind of like, oh, you mean it was actually a pagan thing first? It, mm -hmm. it became more and more significant to me. And here's a, a great elder of ours, Penny Goody. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. I was uh, actually thinking of asking Penny to come on the show. So maybe oh, nice. uh, she could get, she's would be considered, in my opinion, she would be considered a very wise elder in our community. Nice. So uh, today we are going to talk about what the question is. And this is, this is really what I started with when Brighthawk was asking, you know, sort of what triggered it is this question, what is God? Who is God? Where did that come from? Why do we have it? What is goddess? What is divine? And these are the questions that I was asking. Uh, and so I thought we would re I, we could visit them today, but this time I would have your input lacrosse and as well as our guest, Belladonna, who yeah. actually, who actually, is my technically my drag wife <laughs> uh we performed together and so uh but it was kind of ironic when i was like wow well that's interesting we have similar uh interests oh, and man. so i felt like we resonated with each other so welcome belladonna uh welcome. they are fabulous <laughs> yes Fabulous. <laughs> and Bella has always been a brave soul for me because I've watched them perform drag in a sort of witchy way, like do sort of a witchy song in a community that I know is very uptight about this topic. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Bella, why don't you tell us about who you are? Oh, well, uh, my name is Bella Dona. Uh, you can call me Bella for short. Um, I had, let's see here. I could give you the same little back uh, story that you guys were given. Um, so I was raised uh, loosely Christian, and even that, like even as a little kid, um, my my mother, um, it wasn't so much like an important thing. It was just like one of those things where it's just like, oh, everyone else is doing it. Sure, we're Christian. So like, that was it. And I never really actually felt connected with that. And and uh, as bad as it is to say, um, my, um, in, in my bedroom growing up, um, there was a little crucifix, nothing special, nothing glamorous. There was a little crucifix. And I just, uh, I never felt comfortable having like, this poor guy nailed to like this little metal cross in my room and I would always oh. take him down because I'm like, I don't want you hanging up there. <laughs> anyway, fast forward. So um, <clears throat> after a while, like I started searching for my own path and um, I honestly think it may have been in school learning about, um, I think like the Salem witch trials. And then at the same time, even 
um, watching uh, the movie The Craft with uh, yeah. Robin Tawney, Faroosa Bach, all those lovely actresses. And it was that. And like the combination of the two, I was just so much like in all of this, like here are powerful women uh, who were persecuted for just being powerful and that i think that really drove me to research it further and so from that point up until even more fast forward is i just delved more into it and i looked into um witchcraft i looked into paganism i looked into older stuff and a lot of it just resonated with me it just resonated with me so much and so um my own uh, sorry for my cat first off this little booger is now <laughs> five times in my lap um but um um where was i going with this oh so yeah it very much resonated with me and it i very much like sought out more information of it and so now i kind of uh call myself an eclectic witch and where i i feel like i i feel it almost rude it's just me personally um i feel it rude that like why should i just stick in one lane like i feel like everyone has this power and they do it in a certain way i would love to pull either inspiration direct uh usage from other uh cultures and other um belief systems and so being like an eclectic witch i love pulling from different areas and learning so much about you know everyone's different style and so it was just like that's how i love doing my craft is like oh here's something from the native tribes oh here's something from the pagans here's something from uh like old greece like anything and so that's how i've kind of just been living so perfect exactly <laughs> well that's fabulous fabulous <clears throat> oops you're muted so yep oh, okay <laughs> um so uh the the first thing that I think that we're just going to focus on is dive right into this fascinating topic is one of the hardest questions I think is to answer is what is God or goddess or divine, whatever you want to call it doesn't matter. Uh, for me, you know, as in, in the Wiccan path, you learn that there's a God and a goddess and in the Wiccan path that I did, which is actually with the ra DC radical fairies, uh, they did start there, but then they started shifting over to male, female, both and neither. So God, goddess, both and neither. And I was like, wow, that's, well, that's interesting. Uh, and they started more focusing on uh, divine reflections of the divine that would be considered androgynous or, uh, or, or gender bending in some way. And for me, I, that was when I really started to, to really be able to explore the question. I was in Wicca 101 class, so it was appropriate as well. It was being stimulated in my journal and being asked by the people running the, the, the radical fairies who were running the course. And at some point I actually decided it was not some like Aphrodite is not sitting somewhere at the edge of a waterfall, listening for your prayers 
or ready to um, fill your last spell that you asked her for or them for. And instead that the divine was that regardless of whether it was a God or a goddess, both neither or some sort of divine energy that in actuality, first of all, we have a collective consciousness. So I came to the conclusion that as humans, we have a collective consciousness that our brains are actually smarter than we ever give credit for. Our minds and our souls are all connected. And when we put ourselves out there as in the collective consciousness, we connect with the entire world. And the collective consciousness is actually what we would consider the divine or divinity, in my opinion. And and that gods and goddesses, especially in the pagan tradition in Wicca and things like that, we see the divine, I think many witches see it this way, as reflections of certain masks that humans wear. So Aphrodite is, is a reflection of a gender-bending uh, divine entity. And as a divine entity... Aphrodite presents in a certain way. Now, the more I dove into gods and goddesses, the stories and stuff didn't really speak to me as so much, but I knew that other people, they did. And I, and I respect that. And, but when people would say to me, you know, do you believe in God? You know, cause that's their thing. Right. Um, most of the time they're Christian or something. I would say, well, which one? Uh, you know, and Mercury is another one that I was really interested in because they're gender bender. So I started learning about them, but honestly, I just see them as different reflections of different roles we play as humans, even the, you know, uh, Mars, the, cause I'm very into astrology. So the Mars, the God of war, I literally believe that there is a reflection of Mars and we see it, we reflect it as a planet, but Mars is also, you know, the God of war. He reflects the God of war. And in astrology, when Mars is doing things, you can, you can bet. In fact, Mars was particularly opposed and aligned when BLM started happening last year. So Mars was making certain movements. And so to me, the divine is kind of more in the stars and the planets and nature. And that's what I started to realize. The more I studied astrology and the more I started in my Wicca 101 class was that I was actually more connected to the natural elements like earth, air, fire, water, and the stars, like I just mentioned because they had more of a connection to me and I felt connected to them. Now, recently when I was traveling, I traveled around and in case you didn't know, there's these segment temples in the West. Uh, there's people that buy these huge statues. Now I'm, I'm about barely five foot. Okay. guys, <laughs> I'm very short. And there's these, statues that are taller than me. 
And they have them in a big temple. There's one uh, in Las Vegas out in the desert. Um, and I've encountered several others in various places in the West, like uh, Oregon and in Vegas. And after some time of being around people that really were into the Egyptian, the ancient Egyptian reflections of Sekhmet and stuff, I found out that also, you know, they had reflections of androgynous beings and I was, and I was fascinated with it and I have enjoyed the temple, but it seems to me that the power of that temple of the Sekhmet temple is not because of Sekhmet, but because of all the people that are into it in the West. There's such a large pagan population of people that are into it that it kind of feeds its power. And that's also why I don't give a whole lot of power to Jesus because I think he has plenty of it. <laughs> I think he already has plenty of it. Yeah. Most of the world gives him power without even knowing, without being conscious about it. Right. So I was, you know, so that's kind of where I'm at in this time. And most of the time, my divinity is connected to nature. And so I kind of worship mother nature, if you wanted to say I worship something. Right. So lacrosse or Bella, whoever wants to go, go ahead. Tell me, how would you define what is God? <laughs> what is God? Well, I'll tell you what I was taught. Um, I know in Judaism, uh, God is the great, you know, supreme being. Um, but even in Judaism, it acknowledges that they aren't the only ones that exist because they themselves had said that there were other gods. So in Judaism, they believe that there are more than just that one. Now, this is the God that they follow, but, you know, he has 72 names, you know, it's feminine, it's masculine, it's, it's, there is no gender to it. Um, but also then I, like the native because in the native perspective i believe like you're saying it's we call them avatars the representation of atabe the earth mother the representation of yokahu the the father son they're just avatars and they're representations of things that we need so if you treat the earth mother well the earth mother will take care of you and give you sustenance you know if you don't treat her well she doesn't give you anything. You, you know, it's up there with the reap what you sow. Um, now, my own personal belief, I think that people believe in God because I think we are the only species that know we're going to die. So we need a God because we don't want this to be it. We want to believe that there's an afterlife. I want to believe that there's an afterlife. Life. So I think that that's my belief is that people need God because they don't want to they don't want it to end. They want to think that they're going to continue. I believe that after you die, you continue because you become a form of energy source, whether it's to feed the dirt, whether you're going to be in a bird's nest, you know, whatever, you're, you're going to stay here. You're just not going to be in the same form. So I don't want to say I believe in reincarnation. I just believe your energy doesn't die. It's just science one-on-one. -on -one. Energy doesn't die. So with that being said, that's, that's my belief system. So, 
Oh, I'll go next. <laughs> You're on. <laughs> I was in, I was into it. Uh, um, uh, uh, let's see. The Divine. Uh, Divine was a drag queen in the eighties. Uh, sorry, <laughs> wrong thing. Uh, one. Um, I I personally believe that like with everything that is the divine is uh, I feel like everyone in some form knew or at least knows like there is this presence there is something there and from the little research, not little, but like from the little research that I've done about it, um, it's it's crazy when you think about it, how like here are two different cultures in two different sides of the earth. And they're both saying like a similar story, like different names, different little side stories. But like here are two different cultures who have never met. And here they are like, oh, here is this, uh, here's this mother figure who provides here is this uh, 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 nurturing powerful um, uh, energy who um, provides you with this strength and it's like it's amazing how well and how similar like these two different sides uh, two different like stories uh, are if not from the same book and so I love how I feel like everyone knows that there's something yeah. there's something it, it's not it's not a matter of like this is the right one it's everyone believes in the stories that they have to come because i i feel like everyone doesn't comprehend it at it at a at the same style because um uh, Sorry, my brain's trying to put all these words together. Because <laughs> um, it's like everyone has different names for these beings or these entities. And it's all um, similar stories, but like it's all the same kind of narrative. And I love that. Um, so that's kind of what I believe is that there is a energy entity. There's something. And whether it be something that as a collective we produce generate stimulate and then that helps us uh like it's so much to unravel like when you really start like looking at like the little details of our things because like from um uh from like the greeks and the romans they have had they've had like multiple uh gods and goddesses and each one does a separate thing and then you have like um uh what is it like in um in like native cultures there's um uh like there's earth like there's earth spirits and energies there's water earth and energy spirit and there's all that and they they're the same and it's and it's in a way kind of very beautiful that we're all sharing this story i guess i don't know and um and and lacrosse like what you said about um how energy never dies it's true like the energy doesn't die and whether that energy gets repurposed and like put back in another form whether it be um the energy given to a bird to lay an egg and that egg then develops new life or whether it be like something tragic and that energy from that tragic event produces 
um, an imprint on the world and then that's causing ghosts and stuff. But um, another story. Um, but like, it's just crazy how like there is this energy. And I think like that's what the divine is, is that it's this collective energy that is all around us that if you're able to tap into it, you can harness produce and like not really bend to your will but like to help aid you if need be and i feel like that's uh, a lot of what like magic and witchcraft and everything is so yeah well yes i agree with both of you i think uh that's i really do and there's part of me that has gone down the atheist uh the atheist path and but then i kind of came back to agnostic and then i went back to being what i would describe as a witch uh where i just believe in energies and the divine as an overall energy so i agree with both of you and i thought this question was really good because i think this kind of ties right into what we're saying is that I think all of us have had a background that God was a man. I mean, you can't, it, I, I don't know about Judaism. So you'd have to tell us lacrosse. Well, it's in Judaism. He, it, it isn't taught as a man. It is taught as multi gendered, okay. multifaceted, multi, you know, everything. Um, in Christianity, when I was growing up Pentecostal, it was, it was just, God was a man. That was it. You don't question, you don't ask. Um, and it wasn't until like when I started delving within it, within myself where I realized, no, no, God, God isn't just a man. That's, that's literally putting a divine in a box, you know? And if, if, if it was the creator, then why would it create a woman? What What is the whole purpose of reproduction? What is the whole purpose of all that? And then, like I said, in Judaism was, was my confirmation. Like I said, it had 72 names. You can't put a gender on, you know, if it's nurturing and the Shekhinah is, is nurturing and loving and feminine, you know, but then the Elohim is, is harsh. Well, you know, the father figure it can be all. And I think it's more in with the indigenous mindset where, you know, everything is, is there's so much duality and multi, you know, it's just not one thing. So yeah, I question it. I question it like in Christianity early. <laughs> I, I very much questioned it very early in my small little Christian upbringing because like, everyone like hears like the the age-old story of like and god created earth and blah, blah, blah. and like as a child like I, I i was very much like science ahead of most things and i always approach things with a very rational or scientific approach and one of the first things that like with the stories of like the repetitive uh, of like God is a man and he created the earth in so many days. And in my head, I'm like, women give birth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how a man with no 
lady parts yeah. made the earth. And so yeah. I questioned it right there. And I was like, I don't think... I don't like the, the fun little saying. I don't think God is a man. God's a woman. That was like me growing up. I, I was always just like, God's a woman. There's no way a man did this, like right. to nurture and bring life. And to, not saying that a man can't, but right. like to produce life and to bring it forward. I'm just like, I'm fairly certain there's more to this story than just a man picking right. up some clay and saying, like, there you are. <laughs> Yeah, hey. <laughs> yeah the, I thought it, I remember, you know, in my teenage years wondering why the nuns couldn't, like, they were seen as lesser than, because I went to a Catholic church. My mom took us to Catholic, you know, service on Sunday, we were usually about 10, 15 minutes late. And we usually left about 10 or 15 minutes early. (laughs) Apparently, according to her, we just had to have Holy communion. Mm. It's the Catholic way. And uh, so for me, I was like, so what's the difference between Jesus and God? And, and Mm. I kept, I kept turning to the nuns being like confused by why they were seen as lesser than and in my delve into the other side, because I rebelled in my teenage years, I went exact opposite of Christianity, which was like Satanism, which is modern Satanism, which doesn't mean I cut people up or anything, (laughs) just in case there's anybody out there that thinks that Um, it's more about, it's more about uh, power, money and control really. And nowadays it's not even about that. It's about, being who you are and being following your own path. And it's really evolved. Right. Mm. But back then that's what it was. And for me, I was coming from a traumatic childhood and I just, in my opinion, it was hard for me to believe that the men that were abusing me and my mother And my entire, and I just kept witnessing it over and over again. And then priests uh, almost hitting on me in the second grade made it like, I just can't imagine why it's a man. Like, (laughs) because it seemed to me that the men were, were the ones doing the abuse and stuff like that. And I was young and I didn't understand until much later when I did get exposed to Wicca and I was like, Oh, the goddess. (laughs) And they were all about goddess. And I did the whole goddess thing and dived deep into the feminist uh, Wicca side. And then when I got with the radical fairies, that's when I really started to question gender in the divine. And the more that we talked about it and the more I explored with those those beautiful people uh the just in case you don't know what the radical fairies are they're a very large organization i'm pretty sure they're worldwide and they are essentially queer or gay pagans uh and they call themselves radical fairies because literally they're radical and they especially were when they first started and maybe someday i have a radical fairy on to help us understand it even deeper Mm. but that's what you can know and if you go to one of their events 
Bella would have a blast because she could probably try on 20 different dresses and tutus <laughs> and beautiful wigs. And, and, and it's, they're seen, they see gender bending as a reflection of the divine. So when I was exposed to alchemy, which came after that, I was so surprised. Now, a rebus, this is a rebus, okay, R-E-B-I-S, and it's considered a reflection of the divine in alchemy, and it's considered the perfect balance between male and female, and in fact, in alchemy, that's your goal to a lot of extent, to balance the opposites, um, that the balance, uh, that the union of opposites, there's actually a song like that amongst many people that go to alchemical fire circles called the union of opposites. And I'm, I'm not sure, but it might be by <laughs> Abigail McBride, but anyway, so the union of opposites, the idea when you read about it and study it is that if you balance the opposites that you actually create gold, which in alchemy is the sort of the goal. Uh, and I was actually reminded right before I entered drag, actually, I was doing a lot of prayer in my backyard. And my godson said to me, by the way, you're even as a teacher, you're taught by the ones you teach. And he was like, I was like, well, I'm just struggling with my gender identity. I just don't know where I'm at. And he was like, and I said that I didn't want to be part of any spiritual communities. And he was like, are you sure about that? Because I'm pretty sure the alchemists, they love that. Don't they kind of make it like it's like really important, like part of the divine or a reflection of something special? Right. And he was absolutely right. That, and he, I just needed to be reminded because uh, I was having a crisis of faith. And as a result, I said, hmm, maybe I need to go back to the alchemical fire circles, but at a different place this time. <laughs> and so I did. And I found that that out of all the pagan communities, because there's a lot of them, that most of the alchemical based fire circles, which is the alchemical community within the pagan community, are 100%, 150% accepting of my path as a non-binary person. And that's why I wrote the book, Divine Androgen. That's pretty much what it's about. So that was my path. And, you know, so that's, that's how I, <laughs> reflecting of gender in the divine was kind of, um, and now I've kind of, concluded that there is no, that the divine can take any face of gender. God, goddess, both and neither. So now there's some other comments in here. Um, <laughs> right. I agree that Yve, I think your name is. And if I'm saying it wrong, maybe you can put how I pronounce it in the chat. Um, how can we exclude the feminine? And so it just looks like they're agreeing with us. Right. And I totally agree with you that 
it's impossible to disclude them. Uh, so here's another comment. I think. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, if we're all created in the image of the divine, of the divine, it's, of course, it's going to be both or more, you know, like it's not just, I wish it wasn't just so black and white and you say it's male and female. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't like the whole male and female thing. I like feminine, masculine, and some people are both, you know, and some people are just a mixture and, you know, and that's why I like the whole two spirit um, ideology because the whole thing is, is we carry, I think everybody carries both feminine and masculine within them. There has to be a balance, you know, I was so anti-feminine and then it took for me to become a man for me to appreciate the femininity within me because I was so, you know, forced in my head, this toxic masculinity growing up that women were lesser or women were, you know, but you can't walk a spiritual walk and look at one gender or one masculinity and femininity. Like one is less than the other. You cannot mm -hmm. find balance. You can't find peace without it. You have to have two you know, or three or four, whatever it is that you need, because you need these things in your life to make a spiritual journey, you know? So, and that's why, like I, like I said, I love the whole two spirit concept because they were the sacred people. They were the medicine people. They were the ones who took care of everything within the community. Nothing was done without them. Yeah. You had your chiefs, but the chief, you know, the, the, I guess you put it like the chief was the head and the, the, the behiques or the medicine people were the neck. The head didn't move without the neck. So that's how important the two spirits and the people who have all these genders within them are to the community because they can be the mediators in between the people who are, who lean more towards one than the other. Mm -hmm. I was really moved by the people, the Hawaiian peoples, the Hawaiian indigenous tribes when I got to visit Hawaii, I was just moved because first of all, they have a name other than, so two spirit is kind of a overall yeah. umbrella term umbrella. for all indigenous, mm -hmm. all indigenous tribes for the entire GLBTQ community. Right. Yet in Hawaii, they call their gender benders, regardless of how it happens, a mahu. M-A-H-U, I'm pretty sure. And they, wow, I was just so moved by it that they were so inclusive and they have, there's great documentaries out there where you can learn all about these things. I don't claim to be Hawaiian or anything. I was just exposed to the culture and I was exposed to it in a way I met an elder and she was like, oh, well, you're trans. Well, that automatically makes you a mahu. And she called me a mahu. And I was like, mm. I don't know. I'm not indigenous. <laughs> and, 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 but she was like, but you're special regardless because you have both. Because you've been through both. And, even, and the interesting thing about Hawaii, if you haven't been there, is that when you get off the plane, the people working are like, I felt like. I was at home. Mm. There were so many trans people that I, I was like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Yeah. that. Per oh my gosh. And then they would have like little tattoos or, or other indicators for me that I knew that they were family to me. 
And <laughs> I was just like, wow, what, how amazing for the indigenous tribe to have so many reflections. And apparently when the Christians came over, they were killing their mahu. And so they sent their mahu up to Pele in the mountains to the volcano mm. to hide because they believed that the mahu held all the magic and that's how they sort of put it away so that they couldn't, so they didn't lose all their magic. Yeah. And thank goodness they did. <laughs> and so now when you go there, it's like, wow. And you feel like you're at home. You don't feel weird like you do here on the mainland at all. <laughs> it's very fascinating. <laughs> Here's another. Okay. Yes. My friend, uh, Candy, Candy Brings Plenty. Uh, they lead Lakota-based sweat lodges for non-binary and trans people. Candy will be on the show in May. Right. And a buddy of mine, Quellen. And that's an interesting, uh, that's an interesting a connection with another, any other. And I assume Quellen, you also mean like trees and nature, planets, things like that. So moving on. I'm going to bring up where do you think God came from? Like, have you ever thought about where it came from? Oh. <laughs> I'm, this might be close to answering that question, but um, as as we were as we were all talking, uh, one of the things that popped in my head that I was like, oh yeah, I really wanted to say this was um real quick is i feel like with the divinity and everything um i feel like it uh it reveals itself to people in a way that those people can comprehend its visage or like what it appears to be so it's something that may or may not actually be a physical or something that has like a form, but I feel like because there's so much energy involved with it that the divinity kind of like, like you were talking about Izzy with like, it paints a mask for people to, to see, to comprehend. So it's not just like, hi, I'm divinity. And then everyone's like in Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> where it's like, and I feel like that might actually be a, a close comparison is like, I feel like if we probably were to try to comprehend the physical of like, this is divinity, it probably would melt our heads. Who knows? So I feel like divinity kind of takes care of us and where it's like, okay, I don't think you're ready to see me. So let me show you something that you could probably comprehend a little more. And so it's probably like, that's where 
uh, the Greeks get like Zeus, Aphrodite, uh, Athena, and all those masks of one big entity and um, with other cultures. So that probably is like, is where kind of then it started is then the people who wrote um, like the monks and everything who wrote the Bible in the beginning, um, they probably um, did some kind of meditation or kind of spiritual seeking and the divinity projected this mask for them of like, hey, this is who I am. But I feel like because of the time and how their culture was and everything, they wrote the Bible in a way where it seemed more masculine. And then, but at the same time, I know that the Bible's not actually this is what it is. It, the Bible definitely is very much a, these are guidelines for how you should live your life peacefully, better, and not just like, this is what it is. So I think that's what the monks and everything were trying to do. They were trying to show like, hey, this is what divinity is trying to tell us how to live. But then people are people took it too literal and i feel like that's where it got a little watered and muddled because then it's like oh god's a man so i feel like that's maybe where it kind of came from so just me just me i'm gonna say my opinion is that uh people and this could i, I don't want this to sound like i'm being an asshole okay i'm trying to be as as considerate as i can i think people were primitive and they couldn't explain things. And in their minds, since they couldn't explain things, you know, like a lightning bolt, Zeus, there is a God in the sky because they couldn't understand and they couldn't, they didn't know how to comprehend when the seasons came or when things happened. An earthquake, oh, here's another God. And, you know, but I think there's a twofold to that because if it was primitive, you get good people, you got bad people. Some people will take that and then they create a God. And you know what? You do this or God's going to come down and strike you right, you know, whatever. And then there were people who would look at that and say, oh, look, look at what that lightning can create. It created a fire and we can do something with this. And, you know, they turned it into something spiritual that they could use in their life, you know, and but I think it's a twofold thing. You have people who ended up taking it. Yeah. Okay, the Jews wrote the first part of the Bible, but then another group gets a hold of that Bible, and then they translate it, and then they say, oh, well, this is what it says. Well, no, that's not what it says. And then they end up becoming more like dictators instead of taking you on a spiritual journey and telling you how to live your life. Like Belladonna said, they're guidelines. They're not they're supposed to help you be a better person, not make you worse and judgmental and self-righteous. That's what they were supposed to do. Make you better. But man, man's women, we're all fickle people. <laughs> In the end, it turns out being what they what they feel that it has what they want it to be. So I think it's a twofold. And then there are people who do get good out of it and do make it guidelines and and do something good with it. So, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, 
and not all Christians, you know, believe it as literal. I've definitely explored that, uh, with some, with, with Christian people. Um, I really think that the divine, I kind of agree with both of you, especially, I really do believe that we started sort of making up gods <laughs> to explain things that happened like, you know, earthquakes or hurricanes or thunderstorms. Um, Cause even as a kid, I didn't really have a lot of supervision. <laughs> so to, when, when, you know, the thunderclouds happened and made a lot of noise, I would make up stories about why that was happening. Mm. I would also made up stories of how a flower bloomed mm. or cause I would really get fascinated with the center of the flower, which I used to imagine little fairies coming out of there. <laughs> and so I feel like that was very possible, you know, long ago when humans were first figuring things out and when they got in touch with fire, for instance, and fire probably did feel like the divine to them. Mm -hmm. It kept them warm. It cooked their food. It has so many parts to it that, and it trans and it took a piece of wood, right. And turned it into ash yeah. and made it into something that eventually they learned fed the soil. And so like for me, I'm really sure that the divine came from people trying to make sense of the world because we didn't have any other answers. And at the same time, I also think that it was also this energy that we feel like Bella was talking about. Like it's, it's like just an energy that we sense or feel. And there's a part of us like down here in our gut somewhere that tells us that there's more to the story than what we're seeing with our eyeballs. Yeah. And I think both of those things are true. I think we, we made up stories to help explain the thunder clouds and the rocks. And we also made up, we also made up stories to, you know, to, to feed that part of us that wondered that curious. Right. And <clears throat> I also think that as the, as a reflection of the divine now, because now we have science that explains why the stars are in the sky that ex well, mostly. And, <laughs> and I think somebody, somebody said it a little bit earlier. Um, hold on. I just want to find it. They were talking about, Eve, I don't know what your pronouns are or anything, so I'm going to just use they. Uh, yes, I have met people right. that believe the divine is aliens. And uh, I, I don't deny what they're saying at this point. And I've even met people that think the divine could be like technology, mm. the Borg and things like right, that. Right. When you think mm. of like Star Trek, you know, like the Borg. And I, I know people that, that think we're in a grand experiment of aliens. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that past either. I wouldn't, I wouldn't deny it either. Cause there's just, you, you don't know. 
We don't now, know. No, and the and it would be foolish for mm-hmm. anyone to believe that we are the only life. Yeah. It, it is very foolish. I mean, with the science now, like we're finding microorganisms in frozen water on Mars. Right. And to believe that we are the only life out there. And it, like, we are literally, I think it's just like, it's like we're a grain of sand mm. on like, millions of beaches put together and it's just like there are other grains of sand out there that are other universes and to say that we're the only life like it's almost arrogant right to sit there and assume that we're the only beings in existence it's almost arrogant you know i would totally agree (laughs) yeah it would be totally arrogant i I totally agree with Brighthawk here. And I think maybe this is the other reason we have God. Where did it come from? Is we had to give meaning to our life. We had to define why we're here. There's something about the human soul that's actually pretty common, regardless of what culture you go to. Most humans wonder why they're here. Mm -hmm. Why am I here? What am I supposed to do? In fact, Sometimes if you can't answer that question, it could lead you to suicide. Like I know that I personally was led to suicide because I felt like I had no meaning and no reason for being alive. So, and I think for me, the stars tell me what that is. The stars say the stars reflect me. And, And if you've ever had your astrology chart done, regardless of what kind of astrology it is, if you look at it, you're most people go, Oh yeah. And if you look, so here's a little hint for astrology, people that can bring up your own chart. You can get it for free at astro.com. Find out where your North node is. That's your destiny. And it's not always about work. Often it's not. If it happens to be in the house of work, which is the 10th house, then yes, but it could also be about other things too. It could be about the, for me, it's in my identity. I was supposed to define myself as trans. I'm supposed to come forward and say, I'm non-binary. I need they pronouns. I'm supposed to come forward and say, I'm a reflection of the divine just as I am. And, uh, and also to even name my path, which is divine androgen saying that as a person that has chose gender bending, regardless of how you come across it, a divine androgen is a person that's defined their own path. And so I, I felt it needed a name because you could call this person a priestess and this person, you know, a priest or a monk or a, and they all had these names. And I felt like I needed a name <laughs> for my path. So my path is divine androgen. And other people can take it. I, I, it's not just for me. It's for anyone that wants to be part of it. Anyone that wants to identify that way. And I think it gives my life meaning. And without it, I might not be standing here right now. Right. So did you find meaning in any of your spiritual growth? Like, did you find that your life had more meaning as a result? Honestly, I think like with letting it go, 
gave me more meaning because I don't do it to serve a higher power. And all the work that I do or the things that I try to do, I'm not expecting, like I, I, I don't expect brownie points to get into heaven. So it like literally took a load off of me and realize if I do good, I do good because it's just the right thing to do. Not because it's going to give me, I mean, I believe in karma. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, you do bad, it's coming back to you. But at the end of the day, it gave me such a sense of relief and not living in this constant fear of a great divine going to judge me. And I could, and then I could, like I said, look back on, on all my religious experience and native experience and say, okay, this is just beautiful and I can see it for what it is. And it helped me in my life, but not worry about, you know, like I said, somebody up there ready to strike me down every single time I do something. It just ended up giving me so much, you know, like a weight lifted. So yeah, being a, becoming an atheist was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. It let you let go of that fear, that that fear that they teach in the Pentecostal faith. Yeah. The fear of God. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, we are halfway through, so I'm going to take a little commercial break. And when we come back, lacrosse will hopefully be able to do a little dream interpretation or Ooh. have something about <laughs> crystals. And All right. So let's take a little... All right, lacrosse. All right. I'm, I'm bringing you dream. my dream. I'm bringing you my oh. this totally crazy weird dream uh -oh. that I've had. And it's kind of, I don't remember all of it, but I do remember a few, uh, something that happens a lot. I've actually had this dream in a variety of ways, but I keep dreaming the theme is that I'm approaching a snake, but I'm not afraid of it, okay? And yes, I'm a snake handler, and so I'm not typically afraid of snakes, but I don't usually pick up venomous snakes, okay? Like, that's not part of my life. But uh, I, in fact, I've never handled a venomous snake. And, but in my dreams, I totally do. Like, I'll, I'll uh, this, the last one I had, is that we're in this room and there's all these people around. I don't know. I'm like at a party or something. And I'm pretty much the only person that I really see. Although everybody, there are people around, but I don't see them. And so, but I am aware that they're there and I'm like, back up, back up. I got this. I'm going to take care of this. Mm -hmm. And the snakes are, there's one particular venomous snake that is really massive it's really big which is unusual for venomous snakes they're actually not usually that big and it's up in the top of a closet and it i swear it's going to strike me okay and i but i i manage to try to find a bag i can't find the bag and then i'm like i don't know i'm gonna have to go outside for some reason out on like a deck and the venom, another version, which I'm not sure it's the same snake because it was much bigger. It was even bigger. It was sort of cartoon too big. And it's sitting on the steps 
and it's about to strike. It looks like it's about to strike me, but I'm not afraid. And I'm like, okay, here it comes. And I do manage to scare it away. Now I don't ever kill the snakes in my dream. I never am afraid of the snakes, but I do get rid of them somehow. Like I poke at them with a stick or come across in a way that makes the snake slither away. Mm. It's and that and th- and this is a theme in I don't know how many dreams. Oh, this is a powerful dream. This is a very powerful dream. Okay. Um, okay, so we'll start at the beginning. Okay. Um, it's a theme, something that's ongoing. Okay, it's a poison venomous snake. Now, although it, let's let's look at the snake. A snake that's poisonous or venom venomous, <clears throat> it's not that way because it's bad. So we'll remove that. It's not anything bad because venomous venomous snakes, this is just something that they have. It's toxicity that they have to defend themselves. Okay. Um, and when you think about the people that you, okay, no, I'm not going to go there yet. Okay. So you're at this party and you're warning everybody, look, stay back. I got this. That's you being the protector because you're keeping people back. You're saying, I got this. You're putting yourself in harm's way to protect those that are behind you. Okay. Now it's massive and it's in the closet. How iconic is that? It's in the closet. (laughs) I don't think I need to explain that. We all came out of the closet, okay? And here is this thing in the closet. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> you're not going to be in my closet, you know? Now, I think that's very interesting. But then, you know, you, you can't find the bag, you know? So you go out on the deck, all right? This is just you just taking your journey. You know, you're not going back in the closet. So now what I find interesting is that in the next one, it's an even larger snake, and you're poking at it and you don't kill it. And it, each time it's about to strike you, but you're not scared. Okay. Snake is basically your adversary. That snake is your adversary. And every single time that you poke at it and you slither away and notice that the snake is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. That means your job is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger because you have to protect more. You have a big responsibility to save people from that toxicity, which you do that with your book. You do that with this show. You do that in your everyday life, in every waking moment. You're trying to save people from this toxicity that's out there. You know, so that's a very powerful dream, but it's also showing you you have a big responsibility. So that's what I'm wow. getting from the dream. So when you poke, and you, yeah, you poke them and they go away. I'm sure we all have haters. We all have people who are just always going to constantly be at us and try and attack us and spew their toxicity at us you know what and you do what you do poke you go away you know get out of here i don't have time for this i have a job i have to do and i'm removing that toxicity so i think it's it's a huge responsibility and it's a very powerful dream wow that's really powerful that's a that's that's really interesting because I've always just been like, why do I keep dreaming about snakes? <laughs> <laughs> and but then, uh, what is it? What do snakes represent? Change, constantly change. It's always letting, shedding its skin, always shedding its skin. Well, in the alchemy, in the alchemy, it's seen as a healer, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, it's seen as a heal, a symbol of healing, right. uh, because it's always shedding its skin. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, for me, that's that's what it means. Right. It's a healer, yeah. um, and and yeah. Uh, I am aware that, uh, 
you know, I have some stuff to help people with and help them, hopefully help them avoid the poison. Right, right, right. <laughs> hopefully, right? Yeah, like and, the belief. And that's all you can do at the, at the end of the day. You know, you, you do your part. We all do our part of, of you know, doing the job that we're, we're created to do, you know? Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> yeah, but that's definitely a powerful dream. Wow. Well, thanks so much. Now explains why I keep dreaming about snakes, especially repetitive dreams. You know, yeah. I don't know if any of you have had repetitive dreams, yeah. but uh, when it happens over and over again, you have to start to go, what is going on? Yeah. yeah. And the astrology right now uh, makes many of us repeat dreams. So if you guys have a special dream for lacrosse, make sure you bring it to the next show, write it down, jot it in your journal. Try to remember it. Do what you got to do. Because yeah. if next time, next time in the show, I'm going to ask in the beginning of the show if anyone has a dream to get it written in the comments so Lacrosse can look it over uh, during the commercial break and and then try to interpret it for you. So let's bring Bella back out. This conversation mm -hmm. has been so much fun. Thank you for interpreting that beautiful. Oh, that is beautifully welcome. done. Well done. <laughs> And let's bring Bella back out. <laughs> Woohoo! By the way, Bella, someone said that you are fabulous, <laughs> that your makeup is fabulous. And I'm looking for it, but I can't find it right now. Um, That's my best magic trick yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, so I think uh, I was looking at some of these comments here. Uh, let's see here. Quellen. Let's see here. So are you describing properly and improperly using a tool? I'm not sure what, yeah. what Quellen was referring to in the moment. Do you remember? I don't remember exactly what you're saying. Maybe you can be more clear, Quellen. Um, and let's see here. I just want to go through these comments and get caught up real quick. And now I'm trying to remember this person. They told me um, Nilo. Okay. So uh, Nilo, Nilo's been chatting in our, in our thing about aliens. <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> that's a good question that's a great question we don't we don't humans don't humans don't exist <laughs> nope. okay um and by the way nello it's your north node n-o-d-e n-o-d-e um and it might be just called the node. It's actually an asteroid in your mm. astrology chart, but I think it shows up in the basic astro, astro.com free chart. Mm. Um, and I thought this was interesting. Huh? The size I, I star Trek, star Trek to me was really made you ponder. It made mm. you think about things that were that 
yeah, you know, especially the, I thought, especially the next generation, mm. like when they visit a world and the world does not believe be, does not believe in anything existing beyond their planet, uh, that they think anything beyond their planet is actually uh, God or the divine, whatever. I think they called it God, but, and, or a version of God. <laughs> and so Picard had to pretend that he didn't come from another planet mm. and they had to keep the whole thing secret, except for with the government people. And I used to wonder if that was a reflection of the United States and maybe many places here on earth. Because I feel like if you told the general population that aliens had landed and they have new technology to present to our culture, I'm not sure our culture could take it. That's an interesting point. Would, would if the aliens landed on our planet and said that, if, if something like Star Trek happened, like, I don't know if you've seen that episode, but it's the next no. generation. And if that did happen... Most of our, I, I'm not, I don't know about the United States, it might be a mixture, but um, some other countries, I'm not sure they could comprehend. Yeah. I don't feel like, I don't feel like aliens would, I honestly don't think aliens would visit the United States just because I feel like they would be slightly more advanced to where they would uh, do their research on the U.S. first and realize if we drop down, chances are they'll accept us and then backstab us and then kill us. <laughs> and I read, I read like a small little Twitter post or something or somewhere where it was, oh, aliens are real and they know that you know uh, something or something, but they're never going to visit because they know that we're <laughs> terrible people and we'll probably kill them. And I'm like. That's probably true. I feel like I feel like they might visit a more open yeah. culture, but I feel like if they land in the U.S., uh, there's no way. Uh, like in my honest opinion, there's no way that any alien life form is going to survive <laughs> in the U.S. without like death. And it's sad because I feel like they tried making contact. And they realize they're probably not advanced enough to accept us. So they aren't showing or allowing themselves to be shown. And so I feel like that's pretty much what's happening. So I think it'd be a reversed Mars attacks. Oh, yeah. Of, of Tim Burton. It'd just be reversed. Instead of them killing us, we'd be killing them. I don't know. I mean, did you? Uh, <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure everyone knows about the hitchhiking robot that got killed in Philly, right? Oh. oh, there was a there was a university. I forget which, but this university created this robot and it's only sole uh, uh, not um, objective was to hitchhike. And that's all they built it for was to hitchhike. And uh, it traveled a great distance. Like it just traveled across the U.S., landed in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, beaten ripped apart it was turned into scrap and it was found like just laying on the side of the road and someone's like here's a like on their phone just here's a robot what is this and then the college was like that's ours thanks billy mm. 
And it's wow. like, well, if that's just a hitchhiking robot whose only objective was, please take me, just yeah. drop me off wherever. Imagine like an intelligent life form saying, hi, we're visiting and yeah. is able to communicate. Gone. We can't even accept yeah. each other and we're going to accept yeah. another another life force. Like, yep. No. That's probably true. Although at the same time, I was looking at the night sky one night. And there was these green lights like this across the sky. And I was like, oh, what is that? And and I'm up here in Colorado, up in the mountains, in the Rocky Mountains. And I, I was like, wow, what is that? It looks like an alien ship. You know, the lights are going across it and everything. Mm. So I was just curious and I posted on my local my local neighbors, you know, my neighbor Facebook group, did anybody else see green lights in the sky? It's kind of hard to miss. Hmm. And they started responding with, oh, wow. yes. Yes, we've seen it. It's Elon Musk. He's oh. sending up a ship. Yeah. He's doing <laughs> yes. And I was like, what? And <laughs> I, I, you know, because at first I thought it really would be aliens or something. And at this point in our culture, if the aliens are watching us or whatever, I would imagine they would visit Elon Musk. Oh, if, I mean, if I was an alien, I would be <laughs> like, Oh, don't go to the government, go to that guy <laughs> and, uh, and see what he has to say about it. And, or see if he can help us, you know, bridge this gap because there's probably, I actually think, that for aliens, they would want to study humans because we're kind of, uh, we're kind of an interesting, um, creature. Really. We have awareness, uh, beyond ourselves, which is, you know, other animals don't always have that and awareness beyond ourselves. We have a, most of us have a belief system. We have a culture that influences each other and you know, Overall, um, humans are a pretty interesting lot. And even at, even the fact that we war all the time, that the fact that we try to kill each other and can't mm-hmm. accept each other, even that is fascinating. It's like studying, you know, um, people in prison. You know, there's yeah. scientists out there that want to study those people. And so I, <laughs> I often wonder if Elon Musk knows something we don't know. And oh, for the record, I wanted to mention, wasn't it in the 30s or 40s where they did the War of the Worlds radio show and the whole country oh. went into hysteria? Oh, yeah. Like, that was, I think um, that's what that that's what would happen. The War of the Worlds, I think it was. Yeah, it was War of the Worlds. It was by I know this guy's name. I hate it. I hate that I can't get it off my head. But uh, yeah, no, he it was. And it was uh, a radio show. Yeah, it was just a radio show. And it was just a radio show. But the way he broadcast it and the way it was performed, everyone believed that the war was already being invaded. Mm-hmm. The world's already starting uh, being like destroyed. And um, um, and it was like crazy that everyone believed this. And then he was just like, um, Orson Welles, that's it. I knew it was going to bug me. Orson Welles, um, he, the way he did it. And, and then he's like, hey, that was just a story. I just like it's not real. And everyone's like, what? And yeah. just to like, imagine how the world just panicked 
for like this one evening that the world mm-hmm. is literally coming to an end just because of a radio show. Like yeah. it's amazing. So I don't, I really don't think it would be any different. I don't oh, think it no. would be any different today. Mm-mm. Hmm. I, have, I have two. Um, I really want to break this out. Cause I, uh, now that we're talking about aliens for a hot minute, my <laughs> two, um, events occurrences that give me my tinfoil hat status that I believe aliens are real <laughs> besides besides um my like knowledge that like it's impossible that we're the only life besides that mm-hmm. at a very young age I swear I would wake up to abnormal bruises and marks mm-hmm. on my body like there was one spot on like my arm where it was like a triangle of dots and then after a while it faded and left and i was like i was abducted in my sleep i was abducted i don't like i knew it and it would happen a few times and Um, i swear i was abducted and i don't remember it and then this other part i was in a parking lot and it was just dark enough to where i could see the night sky and i was looking up and i was staring up at the stars and I noticed there was one like blip of light within the stars. And I was just watching. I was like, oh, look, a little traveling comet, whatever. And it went like, whoop, whoop, whoop. Like it just went on like, wow. like a path. And I'm like, <laughs> that's not a comet. Like it, it's changing to re- like it's yeah. going. And then it just like off and just went up into the darkness. And I was like, so. Mm-hmm. Those are my two like moments where I'm like tinfoil hat mode. So, yeah. Mm-mm. And isn't it interesting? I I'm often fascinated at the folks that believe in aliens and stuff, and they're also Christian. Um, I'm Ooh. also fascinated at the Christians that are into like tarot, astrology, uh, mediumship. Uh, even uh, I've had as a medium, I've had people come to me that are clearly Christian and I'm flabbergasted at it. Cause mm. I'm not really sure how you get there. Right. If you have the Christian perspective, but they do. Huh. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you're a Christian and you come from the Christian perspective, I'm not sure how you would believe in aliens. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I, but they do. Yeah. I'm ponder. <laughs> I'm not that make you go. Mm. Like, here are <laughs> people who have like this deep Christian beliefs. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and yet the same token, it's like, can you talk to my dead aunt? Or <laughs> like, can you like this and this? And it's just like, well, don't you believe that you're dead ants in heaven with God? Like, right. That makes me like confused. And I'm just like, Hmm, but I mean, who knows? Yeah. And interestingly enough, uh, Quellen said a few minutes ago about have aliens been in the U S ask the natives. (laughs) And, um, I do know there, there are some indigenous tribes Mm -hmm. that do believe in aliens and it's not unusual for them at all to, uh, to believe. And, you know, and I, you know, I don't, I don't know if there is or isn't, you know, that's my, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, (laughs) And I don't know how do the, 
do Taino people usually talk about aliens at all? Lacrosse? Not, not any that I recall. Like we've, I've never had conversation with any of, of, you know, fellow people concerning that. Like, I don't know. We're just trying to figure out, like trying to stop being colonized. You know? <laughs> that's, right. that's the alien we were scared of. Okay. That was it. Uh, um, that's yeah. the alien we encountered. So we're just trying to get, get through the, colonization and getting out that colonized mentality you know but yeah no. well i think it's unfortunate yeah, right? that many indigenous tribes many indigenous tribes have uh really suffered in their their cultures in themselves have been appropriated and taken away from them by the christian faith yeah. um, by the colonizers that came here and not just here but um in a lot of places in the world yeah. Places like Ireland, uh, the Celts were the Celts were taken out. You know, essentially told that their religion was not valid, and mm. um, and so that's an interesting thing, an interesting topic to go on, especially around God and divine. Mm -hmm. That I've noticed when I learn more and more about history, that I totally agree, Nilo, that. Christianity almost came through and tried to erase other religions, but take what they liked. Yeah. Which is cultural appropriation yep. uh, at its best there. And um, unfortunately there's been a lot of war and death in the name of God. Yeah. Yeah. Why do we feel compelled to kill each other over a belief? Yeah. Uh, and so, so part of me wonders if we really need God. And that's the part where I question God, the need of God, uh, because I feel that we've spent a lot of time killing each other over the answer of who is God. Mm -hmm. It's the, the, it, I think a lot of it has to do with like the self-righteous mentality. These people, I, you arrive when you die. And some of these people think they arrived and they haven't died yet. They're, this is the way it is. There is a God and this is my God and you will accept my God. If not, you know, okay, if you're so worried about somebody's soul going to hell and fire and brimstone and shit at the end of the day, I mean, let's be real. It, you're not giving, they're not choosing to do this. Like with the natives, they weren't choosing to convert because they believed they were trying to survive and live because they were being killed by the millions, you know? So, okay. So out of like when Columbus came out of six, six to 7 million natives within five years, there was only 500,000 left in the Caribbean, 500,000 in five years. That's almost a million a year. He was killing to convert was that. How are you going to convert somebody and kill them? Like, that just doesn't make any sense. Like, what kind of God do you serve? So it's, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's questionable for sure. Mm -hmm. And we've been fighting over it for a long time. Yeah. And so that's the part of me that questions the whole need for it anyway. Right. Right. Do we really need to fight over this? Like, is it worth anyone's life? And I don't know. I don't want to roll that die and say that, uh, killing this person or whatever is worth it for my God. I don't, 
And I don't know how we got to that conclusion, how, how I guess I, I'm sure there are other religions other than Christianity that's done it. Oh yeah. Um, I'm sure. And I'm pretty sure I know that Buddhism has had its, its own troubles. And of course, you know, um, the African, the Africans that were brought over here as slaves, they also lost their religion. And I don't know if you've ever read When Things Fall Apart by Shinua Shebe. Uh, and it's an African, it's a really great story. You should definitely check it out. It's fantastic. And it's about the uh, African tribes and this Christian ministry that comes over and essentially erases or tries to erase their religion, Mm -hmm. uh, their spiritual, their way of doing things because they disagreed with some things. Now I'm not saying all the things that they did in the tribe were the greatest. Okay. Like they, if they had twins, they believed they had to leave one in the wild. Uh, if their child was, deformed or unusual in any way they would desert abandon it in the forest but then there were a lot of other really great things Mm -hmm. that they lost as a result of this minister who said if you don't believe in jesus christ then uh then you're going to hell and they you know and of course the perspective has a couple of different perspectives of some people that really vibrated or resonated with this message of Christianity. And then some other people in the tribe that were like, no, we don't resonate with that. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to get rid of our religion and, or our spiritual faith. And it was, it's a really profound book I, I read it in college and then I wrote a paper about it. And let me just say my conclusion was that we all needed to mind our own business about mm. spirituality exactly. and that we can't go around telling people that they're wrong because of what they believe in. And that we actually, that the Christians seem to be ruining perfectly good cultures. Yeah. And uh, I my teacher tried to downgrade, tried to mark my grade down a little bit because of that conclusion. Mm. Um, and I actually had to go to superiors and fight it out a little bit. Cause uh, I was on the Eastern shore of Maryland, which mm. if you know anything about it's a fairly conservative area and uh, I had to fight it a little bit because mm. I thought I deserved a full a uh, because otherwise you know, she would have gave me an A minus my teacher. And I, and from my perspective, it seemed to me that, and I don't know that the story was written that way. I don't know what Shinua Shebe meant when he wrote that book. Okay. When he wrote that story, but to me, that was what I took from it was that these Christians had come over and completely disturbed this tribe whom was functioning otherwise and confused them. They were also very confused as a result. So I don't know if you have any stories like that, but. Well, I had one. I'm, you know, I don't do well with people knocking on my door. 
um, bringing me the good news. Uh, I have a real problem with that. And uh, usually when they answer, you know, my first answer is, is like, I'm Jewish. I'm, I'm not interested. And they, they'll continue. And my first thing is, is I'm like, look, if the Jews were blinded for your sake, then leave us blind. If we were blinded so that you could have salvation, then leave us blind and respect that. Because at the end of the day, the supposed God you serve came to us first. So we still have a plan. There's, st there's still a plan here in, in, your, in your perspective. And then after that, and they're like, oh, oh, and for the record, I'm an atheist. So leave me alone. It's like I end it with that. You know, I'm just like, you know, I, I just, I, I have no patience or tolerance for people who's going to go out of their way to purposely tell you you're wrong. Your belief system is wrong. Everything, you know, it's my way. And because basically at the end of the day, I think I've mentioned this before. You're saying my soul is wrong. You're saying that me as a human being, just my basic existence is wrong. And how dare you? think that you 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 have the right to say that to any human being because guess what there are people out there who think you're wrong but i'm not condemning you i'm not sending you to this hell because i don't agree with you i can politely say well i don't agree and agree to disagree and i don't understand why that can't be reciprocated so it's 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 very frustrating but yeah no i don't I don't work well with that. <laughs> so I think it's on you now, Bell. <laughs> oh, um, I really haven't had uh, too much experience of other people telling me that I'm wrong. I've had people when they ask me of my beliefs and stuff, I tell them like, I'm a witch. I uh, like, yes, I, do I practice magic? I um, these are the things that I believe, and that there have been not a confrontation, but they, they've been like, "Oh, that's the devil's work. Oh, that's this and this," and I'm and I have to correct them, and I'm like, first off, if you don't like it in the first place, why are you still talking to me? Like, you should just mind your business, get out. And I just explained to them like, this is the the false. Uh, information that you were fed like it's not about demons killing babies and and signing my soul away in a book like it, it's it's not about that like it's not it, it, for me it was an expression of power and being able to do stuff for myself and taking charge of the world and taking control of what's around me for my own needs and purposes and they wouldn't so much hear that and then um i just want to jump back real quick because of um i know we were talking about uh how like um uh, people were being killed for their own beliefs and yes and then at the same token uh, here are these other like christian pushing people who put these negative stereotypes and stigmas on other cultures for what they believe in. If we can't kill you, then we're going to badmouth what you believe and turn you into the most hated people ever. And it's like with, uh, and the best example is with uh, Islam. 
like people, if you go to any personal history and be like, what are your thoughts on Islam? People are going to be like, oh, they're terrorists. Oh, they're like, they're wacky, crazy. This is what they believe. And it's like, no, if you actually sit down and like, it, not so much study, but if you look into Islam, it's, it's beautiful. It's about loving. It's about like, no, it's about loving yourself and allowing yourself to be humble with who you are and to be one with everything around you while still taking control of your life and everything. And I'm probably doing a very bad example of describing it, but like, it's not what the, the major Christian pushers have made it out to be. And it, it, and that's the same thing with like, um, uh like native cultures like in africa and uh with the native tribes here um in north america it's it, it like it's seen as very savage as very like whoa they do crazy drugs and they get hopped up and they're running around deserts or the prairies or the plainlands and they're you know half naked in the woods and they're you know, praying to these crazy wackadoodle gods. And it's like, that's not what it is. Mm. And the same thing with um, when we, um, we didn't need to be, but when we went over to Japan and we uh, got introduced to the Japanese culture, it's like, it, it, it was very structured, very um, uh, knowledgeable, very uh, educated. And we, again, uh, part of my friend bastardized it and and was like here are these uncultured unlike us and our christian ways and here they are praying to buddha and all these gods and oh god they kill themselves and it's just like that's that's Mm. you're you're perpetuating like these false uh um ways of life just to make yourself and your religion better when it's not. And, and that's what I've always hated about like uh, the people who say like, Oh, Christianity is the best. It's like, no, you're ruining it. So. I mean, honestly, let's be real. What other religion goes knocking on the door? Like does a Jew ever come knocking on your door or somebody or a Muslim ever come knocking on your door? I have the good news. (laughs) It, does a Buddhist come? Does a witch come to your door? I mean, come on. It's like it goes to what the arrogance of these people to just assume that they found that, you know, they have the good news. They, they, it, you know, you don't know how many times I was called, yeah, yeah, Jesus killer. All right, whatever. Just, I didn't kill him. I didn't kill him. It wasn't me. I don't know I what you're talking there. about. You know, but yeah, it's crazy. Wow. <laughs> um, I just can't imagine. Okay. Calling you a Jesus killer. I'm just like, what? <laughs> he was a um, Jew. He was a Jew. He's the king of Jews, and you're saying that a Jewish person killed him. Okay, cool. Thanks. We just said he wasn't our king. That's all we said. <laughs> if you really read the Bible, that's all we said. He's just not our king. It's not our guy. <laughs> Sorry. Now, here's one of my favorite discussion buddies, Quellen. Uh, I really love this. I had to look up what diasporic meant which is uh refers to judaism when the the dispersion of jews outside of israel from the sixth century bc when they were exiled to babylonia Mm -hmm. until the present time um so i you know i was just wondering what it meant and you know quellen's quellen's interesting and i found that comment to be very profound Mm -hmm. that 
they reduce the human life by using the soul by you by using the idea of the soul i guess um is really what we're saying there is that uh the proselytizing and i think that i don't think it was just in the jewish face i think it was probably for many groups probably everywhere uh with the indigenous people and african and all of the tribes and all of the people that have been re- you know removed from their land or yeah. i mean the africans ended up to sw- you know i don't know if you know this but a lot of afro-caribbean religions you can look them up if you'd like they are essentially a mixture of african gods and goddesses and uh you know uh, reflections of divinity mixed with the christian faith yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and you're like okay all right well i see what you guys did they just kind of took their spirituality in a very smart way frankly I mean, they were slaves and they had to hide what they really believed. And so they did. They just, in other words, instead of changing it from like uh, a goddess, changed it to Mary. Yeah. You know, or St. Peter, here's this God, turn him to St. Peter. And that that's very wise because that way they can still keep the, the beautiful traditions that they have. I was just in New Orleans and I was on a a, a tour and they talked about that with the voodoo. Mm-hmm. And how that's how they managed to end up keeping a lot of their traditions was hiding. So, I mean, I look, the, it, it, I think everybody at some point in time ended up hiding within within Christianity to preserve who they were, whether it was during the conquest to the natives or it was the Jews or it was, I mean, they were always, you know, people hid. Yeah, I think it was, I, 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 that is like my biggest applaud to, uh, to the people and the cultures who were, um, who were made, made slaves, who were, um, um, disenfranchised and everything. That is my biggest applaud to them is for being so smart and so clever to hide who they are, were, and will be in the guise of sure yeah we'll totally love jesus and this and that and hey we love mary and all that and in actuality it's just like it's the secret language the secret code that they had where they kept everything alive but just tweaked it slightly to where it's like no no we're totally not doing the old ways (laughs) totally not and like that is just amazing to me that these people are just like this crafty enough to like keep it going and i just i just think that's one of my favorite things about like um uh, about the slaves who were like we are going to retain ourselves as much as we can this is what we're going to retain and uh and the the slave owners just were none the wiser and I, and I always loved reading the history on that because I always yeah. thought that was so beautiful that they were like oh yeah it's a sure it's what you think about it so. <laughs> I know you totally want to just be like good job good yeah. job yeah. I mean that was probably the best they could do in this situation yeah. you know and it's sad that 
you know, indigenous people and African people that have African descent and all of these different people have completely lost their culture. It's quite sad, actually, because I feel like we've missed out because I believe in the diversity of things like I'm truly a rainbow lover. Can't you tell everything's rainbow? And so the reason is, is because I think every color has its purpose. I think every reflection of our culture is important of every human. It has something special for the world, um, you know, and that even if it is that they, you know, do things that make the world fall apart. And that's certainly happened, right? You know, certain leaders have stepped forward and totally ruined things uh, and tore and ripped down uh, our, 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 I, you know, our, the way we do things. And so as a result, we're having to rebuild. We're in the middle of that right now. And that's the other thing. I'm going to say that the three of us, along with the rest of our LGBTQ community, all of us had to come out of the closet. At some point, we had to come out of the closet. And thank God we can. Because think of our ancestors 100 years ago that couldn't. That had to hide to be queer. That had to hide what who they were and what they really meant in the world. And in that, I'm just going to say that we're brave too. So give yourself a pat on the back. Cause I'm sure even all three of us had to come out of the closet, right? Bella, you had to come out of the closet. Yeah. Okay. So at some point you have to come out of the closet. I don't, I mean, maybe now we might be raising some kids that don't have to come out of the closet. Right. Um, maybe. Um. <laughs> I don't that know. Was, uh, I had I had an interview not too long ago with somebody, and I had asked them about their coming out story, and they're like, "I didn't. I don't have one." And I was like, "Really? I just always what's this way? I just always was." I said, "How beautiful will it be that when we can come to a day and age when we don't have a coming out story and people just accept people for who they are? That's going to be a beautiful day." And when you're talking about raising kids, it's like I, all my children they don't have to come out. They're just straight up. I'm pansexual or I'm bisexual and, or one I'm straight. And I'm like, it's just, this is just who we are. They don't have a coming out story. And what a beautiful time it'll be when we don't have to have those anymore. Cause when you think about it, straight people don't come out and say, well, I had to talk to my mom and had to tell her I was straight. Oh, like it, oh, it's unheard God. of. That's not a lifestyle <laughs> I would have chosen for you. <laughs> I know. Get out of the house. No, it's, but you know, it, it's great that we have these coming out stories, but it'll be beautiful when we don't have to. And maybe that's, right. that's where, if we can teach people more about spirituality instead of religion, then that'll be less of that going on. Yes. And those will be the days. Yes. I know a young person that I'm friends with that is now, I think they might be, he might, sorry, he might be eight, seven, eight, somewhere in there. And when he was five, as far as his mom knew, he was a girl. And then he told his mom that he was not a girl, that he was a boy. And so his mom just said, okay, 
and started dressing him differently and bought him different clothes. And, mm. and now he's been pretty much raised that way and not everybody knows. Mm -mm. So, you know, like if you meet him, you don't necessarily know that about him unless he tells you. Right. And he corrected me. He said, I'm not allowed to call him they. And mm. I was like, Oh, okay. Even though he understands why I call myself they, but he's clearly that he's clearly a he. Mm -hmm. And that's what he told me. And that will be true until he tells me otherwise. Yeah. And I just think that that's, you know, like just the fact that his mom was like, oh, okay. And his mom is not queer. His mom is cisgendered and straight. Mm. Um, and she was just kind of like, okay this is my kid and I love my kid and I want my kid to be who they are. Yep. And I think that's fabulous. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I've been shuffling the cards. I have a tarot deck. Love is love. It's a pride deck. It's based on every card is done by an, a different LGBTQ artist. And I think that's pretty fabulous. It's based on the on on the Rider weight, you know. So if you're familiar with tarot cards, the Rider weight deck, you have tarot <laughs> cards. They're always on hand with me. It's yeah, it's it's the Rider weight deck. Okay, which card do you have there? Oh <laughs> uh, wait, that one I just pulled off the top. It is the inverted ten of cups. I think. Cool. Sorry, Jack. Great. Which is the ten of ten of cups is uh, usually like marriage and and uh, yeah relationships and togetherness. So as we get to our closing, I wanted to pull three cards for the entire group. That's not just for the three of us, but also for everyone that's in the in the chat, everyone that's watching this, even if you've watched it on replay later on at a different time, the divine knows that you'll do that. And I believe that the cards are a message from some sort of energy that we don't easily comprehend. Uh, and I believe that this is a way for the universe to tell us things that we may not know otherwise. And that's what tarot cards are, that they're a tool, at least for me. And uh, so I'm going to pull three cards because the first one, <clears throat> so the first one is actually a really fabulous card. I'm going to show it in the screen here. Hmm. And it's two of pentacles, which in this deck is really much about juggling things, <laughs> which I felt like I was juggling things today. But, um, but also it's about, you know, getting things together. And this fabulous person is doing it, is putting things together, is getting things together. And so in the past, we have been having to bring things together. And as a, as a, as a community, as a LGBTQ community, we have had to, okay, people, this means everybody, even transgender people, and even people of color, and asexual people, and intersex people. And that's kind of like where we're bringing everything together. All of the valuable, all that makes us all humans, we have tried to bring that together as an LGBTQ community. I believe that 
one of the biggest and most powerful things about our community is that we do honor everyone and we bring all together. And that's this page of the two of pentacles. And the, this card right now is a representation of now. And it is the world. And I don't know if you can see this beautiful card. It's a beautiful. really beautiful divine person there. And the world is exactly what you think it is. It's having the world at your fingertips. Look at us. We're allowed to be on the internet. We're allowed to broadcast our show. <laughs> We're allowed to dress the way we want, wear rainbows and put makeup on or not and cut our hair or do the things that we want to do. And we're reaching to the rest of the world and saying, you can be you. You can be who you are. You can be who you're supposed to be. Bring that forward. And that's the right now. That's what's happening right now. And I would agree that that's happening worldwide. That's probably happening in your personal life right now. Destiny is calling you. So if you hear destiny, grab it because that's what's presenting itself. The world is presenting itself to you and asking you, hey, jump on, jump on your magic carpet ride, whatever that <laughs> might look like for you. It looks different for all of us. Now, interestingly, this is in our future. It's a chariot card. And chariot usually represents travel and choices. So I, I'm very interested in this card as a, and you can also see the interesting, I'm not even sure what gender those two sphinxes are at the bottom there. Do you see them? I'm not even sure. Right. And so, but the, the fun thing about the chariot card is that it's about choices and travel movement. It's about moving things forward. I really believe it that the LGBTQ community as a whole worldwide is meant to lead humans to love and accept each other as we are. Because we practice it all the time. We've been at it for a long time. See, we were just reminded of that from the divine. We were just reminded the universe just said, you've been doing this for a while. You've been bringing things together and showing the value in everyone. And even we've celebrated as the LGBTQ community, We've celebrated everybody, drag kings and queens. We celebrate cross-dressers. Even if you have to be in the closet, we still love you just the way you are. And that's why this, this past summer you've seen the LGBTQ community stand with people of color. And that's why you see the indigenous people be able to call them to be able to have the Association for Two Spirits and to celebrate all of us. And right now, embrace the world. So if you've got a message, you're out there, you're a queer person, bring your message out because it's being, it's, it's being called forward. We need you. We need all of us to come forward and our allies that stand at our side and say, there's nothing wrong with queer people. Knock it off. 
those allies are just as important to us. We need them too. And I think allies are called to a special path because they stay in their own identity as cisgender or straight. And they also support transgender people. You know, I know some really special people in the witch community that are, uh, you know, straight cisgender but they totally will walk away from a temple that refuses to let, for instance, uh, trans women become high priestesses. Okay. Because they know, cause she knows that that's not right. That transgender people are just as valid, just like that picture of lacrosse with I exist. Mm-hmm. You can, we can't be erased and we never will be. We will always be here. And so I want you all to remember our future is moving forward and you will have choices. Make the choice, choose, choose the path that fits you best. Be as authentic as you can because your authenticity is a gift and we need you. We need your authentic side. And that's, I believe, what the LGBTQ community represents all the time, regardless of whether you're spiritual or not. Most of us represent authenticity to the best of our ability. And I think we're always growing into it, right? (laughs) So I hope you enjoy that reading. And I offer professional readings. You can find my information about that at divineandrogen.com. You can also buy my book there, divineandrogen.com. And this is the end of our show. So I want to thank you, Bella. Thank you so much for coming and chatting this crazy topic with us. I'm just a pretty face. (laughs) Well, I'm a face. (laughs) Being you, though, because you have a specific perspective and I appreciate it. And shoot, ever since I, ever since, we danced that, I think it was uh, Samhain, Halloween, and we did Crazy Morticia Adams, that fun <laughs> show. And you've been my drag wife for a while. And, of mm-hmm. course, the Ouija board dress totally <laughs> yes. gave me, I felt like I had a friend at Pride. Mm-hmm. That even I was a witch and queer. Yeah, there was plenty of queer friends, but... Hey, there's another witch around. It's awesome. <laughs> so thanks for coming on. Oh, and- yeah, it was great having you. It was great having you. I had a blast. Oh, it was Maybe great we- old faces too. <laughs> it would be so great to have you back sometime. I'm sure we'll oh find God, some other yeah. topics that you're interested in. And lacrosse, I want to thank you because oh. I totally appreciate <laughs> your unique perspective on the world. I just, and spirituality, the whole thing. I appreciate Uh, your atheist perspective. I'm (laughs) glad you bring it. Well, I I like that I can hear other perspectives of people who aren't atheists and make me think like, wow, you know, it's beautiful that God does work for them or a divine does work for them. You know, it's, it's just so, how do you say, it, it fills my heart to know that other people can respect my views and I can see their views that are just as beautiful 
you know, and it's about spirituality and you guys always bring at you Hollis always bring some spirituality and you, you test me a lot. <laughs> you test me a lot. I'm like, Oh shit. I didn't think about that. Damn. You know, but I just want you to, know, I just appreciate you both so much. And all it's right. always such a pleasure. Well, thank you both. And thank you to all of our commenters and people watching, all of our viewers. I want to thank you for tuning in to Rainbow Soul. You can catch us next week on Sunday night. We will be talking about something else, no doubt, related to spirituality and probably be a little controversial. So tune in. Bring your questions. I'll definitely announce it and post some information. So join the Facebook, join our Facebook group too, you know, where you yeah. can even post ideas if you have them. And thank you for coming. Thanks for being part of our show. Thank you for watching Rainbow Soul, a queer perspective on spirituality beyond religion. We appreciate you sharing the show on your timeline, follow us on social media of your choice, and join our Facebook group, Rainbow Soul. We want to hear from you. Share your topic ideas for Hollis and Lacrosse. Explore upcoming shows and interesting guests. The Rainbow Soul Facebook group, where we build community of questioning seekers. Rainbow Soul, where spirituality is our medicine.